Hello goblins and ghouls and welcome to another episode of my haunted life podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. How is everyone doing out there today? Valentine's Day is this Sunday, don't forget. Love is in the air. I just love love. It's like one of my favorite things. I am so grateful and love each and every one of you for listening every week. And I mean that from the very bottom of my heart. So totally corny. When I was younger, my favorite thing to do for Valentine's Day was to go and buy a big bag of kisses and hand one out to all of my friends so everybody could have a kiss on Valentine's Day. I know, corny as shit, but that's okay. So even if you are alone this Valentine's Day, do something to pamper yourself. Love yourself. Do something just nice for you. Order in. Just, just have a good day. It's all I want for you. Uh, Also, most importantly, don't forget that candy is on discount on Monday. Just saying. Uh, another thing I love is mixing the occult and artwork. Transition! Uh, so today on the podcast, I'm finishing up my interview with the one and only Aristotle, Aristotle Promagulius. So, let's just get into it, shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. back to some uh paranormal stuff like you know there's so many classic stories i feel like especially out there there's a lot of classic weird ghost stories what do you think it would be your favorite ghost story of all time okay so uh, i have um I- i've done the the world tour of uh, occult ghost all that stuff like Ugh. literally no no i love it though like so like no i'm so jealous it. oh my god i want to hear every this is what the rest of the podcast is going to be i want you to tell me everything all right so i work for black phoenix alchemy lab on occasions and like the one of the most interesting interesting things you find about um uh, let's say late 19th century culture is that before christmas got really really commercialized because it did get commercialized very early but there was a time in which christmas was the time for ghost stories yes yes and they actually had games that dealt with ghosts that they would play on christmas eve it's very bizarre so i can tell you that there is a couple vintage christmas ghost stories i like not because they scare me but it's the juxtaposition Okay, I like how things change mm-hmm. and, like, know that how things morph. Like, when we look at something like A Christmas Carol, 
we think it's weird. Like, it's actually a weird story because it involves ghosts and a person reflecting on their mortality and then being a greedy person. But no, that's what a lot of Christmas stories were like when when Dickens did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that was interesting. As far as what my personal favorite things go now, I love The King in Yellow by Chambers. Right? Yeah, I believe it's Chambers. Yeah. And the reason why is... I love the deconstruction of the ghost story where it becomes mimetic, you know, hmm. or, you know, to use an SCP term. I love the mimetic idea that's going on there, that it, there's a concept that a horror story or a ghost story can curse, that can pass it on, that it can infect. Oh. And me, those are concepts that really, really kind of scare me as a person, that information itself can be toxic. It can be viral you know hmm I, I i've heard the name always like in reference to it what what is that story about without cursing everyone um okay it's uh something we try to explore at the goblin market as well at one point the maybe that's TL- why i recognize the name i'm like i know this name the tldr version uh is basically there is a cursed play Now, they don't actually tell you much about the play. What they tell you about the play is that the beginning of the play is actually kind of boring and kind of normal. And then the only thing that I can kind of say it goes similar into is something like The Mask of the Red Death, how that all ends up, where, like, everything just goes to hell in the later acts. But the interesting thing about the story, and it's an anthology of stories, The King in Yellow, is that the play itself really doesn't matter. What matters is is what the play does to other people, to other people that either read it, interact with it, or somehow like are exposed to it, and how they eventually become cursed by the play, and they meet rather you know trash cans. Huh. When do you know about when this was written? This is like a Victorian one, or is it older? Um, I mean, I could do a quick web search, but it is late nineteenth century. Okay. Yes. Um, it, it is before H.P. Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft himself, uh, I don't actually think he actually referenced it himself as one of his influences, but you can see a lot of the DNA of that story in it. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to go. I wrote that down. I'm going to go look that up now. I mean... That sounds amazing. The people... Uh, yeah, here we, uh, here we go. Yeah, it was in 1895. Okay. Um, the... The thing is, is, I mean, eventually the King in Yellow would be connected to Haster, which is part of the Lovecraft mythos. Mm-hmm. So, again, the problem when you get deep into Lovecraft lore is how much of it's Lovecraft and how much of it is his contemporaries, you know, the people he no. wrote with. Yeah. But, yeah, no, those are my favorite kind of stories. Even now, when I watch, like, horror movies, I love the ones that are in concept of viral curses, viral ghosts things like that because there's one thing to be in a haunted location and you can leave said haunted location there's one thing of like like again like i always said to people if you know that a bunch of teenagers were killed at this camp why are you going to that camp why are you (laughs) going there but what if i told you that if i exposed you to a rhyme you are now tainted you know like that's dread that's horror you know it's almost like um the stories with behind like bloody mary and you know doing that in your house like a dummy and then the stories of 
the spirit then following you until you die. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and a lot of modern, like, horror has been, like, you know, taking it on. I mean, you have things like The Ring that mm-hmm. kind of on it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, even if Juan the Grudge kind of touches upon the idea. But I love when it's fiction. I love when it's not a location. I love when it's fiction. Because then that asks so many more questions about who we are as artists and writers. Can we tap into something that is just terrible and horrible? And then can we pass it on to other people, you know? I'm totally going to look at your work so much differently now. <laughs> I'm just going to leave little curse comments on things now. Um, that would be, that'd be <laughs> awesome. I would, I would love if my comments were filled with that. That'd be amazing. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep my eyes open now. Huh. Now that you will appreciate this. Um, one time when I was in, I think it was the first time I went to New Orleans, we ended up in this really random witch shop. And it wasn't really like, you know, voodoo or anything like that that you find well represented down there this was like maybe a eight by like 20 room just stuffed full and you had like little one foot trail through the whole thing of just random metaphysical stuff and one of the books they had behind the counter in plastic that you had to ask special permission for was um the Necronomicon and they actually let me open it and go through it and it I'm sitting there reading it you know me being the nerd I am I'm like what does this have to do with you know Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi and then I realized oh it's Lovecraft and all the different spells and everything and I did not know that there was so much um uh, like I knew there was an extent to it, but I did not realize there was so much that people had taken from his books and had literally made a giant spell book out of everything. And it was it was so cool. <laughs> No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that book came out in the 60s or the 70s. Yeah, it was but, definitely not during his time. Yeah. But the interesting thing about that, and this is... All right, so I'll give an example. Right now where I'm talking to you exactly four feet away from me is a giant circular Ouija board that I use as a coffee table that I made for an event. I loved it so much. I have it as a coffee table. Yes. Now, it's a giant Ouija board. In mm-hmm. some schools of thought... Ouija boards are terrible. You should burn them. You should never keep them in their, in your house. Um, I don't buy into that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. What I buy into it is, uh, okay, if, if, if I'm taking off my skeptic hat right now <laughs> and I'm putting on my, let me try to speculate what I think happens, and again, these are personal feelings, I think that a lot of the things are what you, the either you know, the, either the direct practitioner or the direct observer, however you are interacting with this thing, what you bring to the table. I think that things like, for example, a Ouija board is a tool. Now, mm-hmm. for me, it's a beautiful piece of art that I made, all right? I 
I don't think of it as a portal to any place. I don't think of it as a means to talk to the, um, you know, to spirit realm and whatnot. I think of it as art. But I do believe if somebody was here and they really kind of got wigged out by it, you know, that could potentially give into those stories that people have with Ouija boards. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a weird sort of way, what I believe if, if I'm forced to, you know, put my skepticism aside and try to confront these things is to think that everything that we consider the occult and and uh, spiritualism and whatnot, it's us. It's us that's doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, is there something on the other side, be it spirits, be it ghosts? Yeah, probably, you know, could be. But the thing that gives these things power is what we particularly invest, even subconsciously, into these things. No, and then um, we did a, me and my admins did a Ouija board, a um, couple Ouija board episodes, just because we had all had experience with them, and ironically, most of us were early teenagers when we had these experiences, surprise, um, but one of the things we talked about, and I can't remember what it was, but it it's the, it's how your brain is influenced by things around you. And I can't remember the... Uh, let me look in this notebook. Is it on this? Oh, of course not. Um, um, it's meta something. I can't remember what it was now. But how your brain starts doing things that you don't realize you're doing. And it kind of influences your reality in a way. Like, you don't move... Like, people will move like the planchette when communicating with spirits without realizing they're doing it kind of thing. And they don't think they're doing it. But their brain's like, I'm going to, you know, goose this over to a letter kind of thing. Wish I could remember the term now and I feel bad about it. But yeah, uh, that that is definitely one of those weird uh, things with any hauntings is, uh, is it, I don't want to say necessarily imagination, but, um, you know, it's a spooky place. Somebody died there. Could it be haunted? And you just kind of fill in the blanks. Like, your brain fills in the blanks for you. Suddenly you hear footsteps. Or, you know, the house creaking and think it's footsteps kind of thing. I I mean, I'm in that school of thought. Uh, my, my school of thought is... is... I, I like to tell people this when they ask me, well, if you're a skeptic, why do you then side and go, okay, it could be some sort of like, you know, like psychic impression or ghost. And what I like to tell people is if we went back in time and like 400 years ago and just imagine we are the best and brightest, we have all the science learning of their day and age. Mm-hmm. Now imagine somebody came up to us and told us, hey, guess what? There's billions of microscopic living things on you and inside you, and they're the cause for most of your diseases and all ailments and everything. We would look at them like they're mad, mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so. We would rightfully so look at them like they're crazy. So I return back to that idea and say that with the tools we have now at our disposal, I mean, we don't understand, or we'll try to find understandings that might not be correct. I feel that in the future, we may get tools, we may get understanding that will enrich what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. So 
if we find out something like psychic feels, if we find something out about collective unconsciousness, if we find out literal spirits, you know, like the energy that is our consciousness does not go away upon death, it wouldn't surprise me. It absolutely wouldn't. We finally have the we finally have the tools. We finally have the understanding. And then in a weird sort of way, it doesn't become paranormal anymore. It now becomes oddly the sciences. And I, I mean, I consider those things. I'm not saying that's how it's going to play out, but <laughs> it's just it's just funny that. Okay, I'll give you I'll, 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 I'll give you a quick little thing that I like to do sometimes if I find somebody is like a little bit too religious um i like to ask them i'm like so what are you going to be eating for dinner tonight and they'll usually be like ah i don't know i might be in the mood for pizza and i'll be like okay cool what are you going to do this weekend oh i don't know you know me and the girlfriend we might be going you know skating but i'm not feeling it i want to watch a movie i'm like oh okay that's cool that's cool where do you see yourself in five years oh i don't know we'll figure it out okay what happens to us when we die Oh, well, we go to heaven or hell. And I'm like, so these easy things you don't know anything about, but the moment I bring this up, boom, understanding. There's an answer, yeah. Yeah, well, that's not to mock them. It's just to say that my school of thought is, I don't know. <laughs> like, I yeah. legitimately don't know. I, I don't know if it is, like, nothingness, oblivion, like, you know, kind of hardcore skeptics say, or... If there is a definitive thing, I mean, and I think that oddly enough is the beauty and the mystery of a life. Yes. We don't know these things. These will be adventures someday, you know. Hopefully not anytime soon for you and your listeners and me. Yeah, I'm like, no, we no, we have some time. We have plenty of time to get to that adventure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, speaking yeah. of adventures, because again, nerd, if you could visit any, like, um, well, you were saying too, let's go to this first. What let's was go. your favorite, uh, location you had ever visited when you were doing traveling for paranormal stuff or for, uh, uh, alchemy, Jesus, black Phoenix. There we go. Throw it all out there. I'll remember. Uh, uh, when I was doing, uh, work for, uh, black Phoenix alchemy lab yeah. or, or... Oh, my favorite, I mean, wow, that's really hard to uh, like say what my favorite project for them was because I'm, the, two, the two people that run that company, they're incredible. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and they always throw me for curveballs as far as like what they want. Their bread and butter is kind of like that dark macabre, you know, kind of like motif. Mm-hmm. But occasionally they go into different, they go into very, very socially active political directions and i love doing projects in that as well because that's a whole totally different side of me um as far as my favorite project for them um i think it i I think it really had to be when we were trying to figure out how to do labels for victorian goat like christmas ghost stories Mm. because that like how can i again there's there's something so reserved about about the Victorian ghost stories. Like, again, like, you're, you're not going to get scared by them. Like, literally, it usually ends up with some sort of, you know, chained figure or or pale figure, like, entering the bedroom in a corner at the climax of the story. But there's an elegance and a beauty to it that I, I just, I love. I just, it's, it's, it's beautiful, you know? Mm. 
I'm, I'm going to have to bug you for Christmas cards next year, I think. That would be cool. I don't think you've ever done... Have you ever done Christmas cards? Um, I've done a Krampus one. I've seen... I remember Krampus. And I've done a, a general kind of spiritual Yule one. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. I wanted to go look now. Um, so if you could visit any haunted, supposedly haunted, location, what would it be? I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but that island off Italy that is completely condemned. That was oh. used. Yeah, I would go that one. I know. Ex- oh, I, I want to say Geneva, but that's chocolate. Um, I know exactly which one you're talking about. That they was like used to like send people with any ever any disease basically of any time to like go to that island. Like they were ostracized there, and they. Oh, that's gonna bug me. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but it's called the Giallo Island. Yeah. Yeah, it's off of Naples. The other one is, there is allegedly a, I want to say Romania, but I'm probably wrong, but there is a castle that's built in the middle of the woods that really has no purpose of being there, like, it has no strategic purpose, and the lore is they literally built it as a capstone to a pit that they found to hell. Like, I just think that's such a cool story. I've never heard of that one. Oh, that's cool. With a castle. I've never heard... I I know there was um, a story in Siberia in, I don't know, 20s, 30s, 40s, somewhere in there, that I think a mining crew found, and they um, sent a microphone down um, this um, pit. And the way I'm assuming... The way the wind rushed past it, it literally sounded like screams from hell. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That's that's a that's a chilling story. They, it inspired creepy passes as well. And, oh my uh, god, yeah. Oh, I love it. And the name of the castle, I, yes. I was completely wrong. It's it's not in Romania. It's in uh, it's north of Prague in the oh. Czech Republic. It's called Hus- It's called Huska Castle. And, uh, I mean, I just love the lore of it. And, uh, I mean, I mean, they go really deep into the lore. Allegedly, they brought, it was an endless pit, and they brought a, like, a prisoner down there and said, if you went down there, we'll, like, shorten your sentence. And the guy literally came up white as a ghost and uh, was institutionalized or something to that oh, effect. Oh, shit. Now, again, do I necessarily believe that's all true? No. Do I still want to visit it? Yes, yes. I do. yes. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would also say the uh, Parisian catacombs, too. I would love to Oh, yes. That, that's been on my, like, dream list forever. Um, I have to check our recording time. Okay, we're getting toward the end. It's yelling at me to keep, a, keep an eye on it. Okay. Um, so I figured we'd wrap it up. Um, I do want to ask. I don't know if you remember this. But the first night we hung out, you can do a really good John Zaffis impersonation. The haunted collector guy. Oh my god, I remember it, but I, <laughs> I 
forgot what I said. Oh, hey, I can't remember what it was, but I just, I, I was thinking about that when we were, I was uh, running around getting ready for everything. And I'm like, I wonder if he remembers. <laughs> no, I totally remember we were going back with gags about it. And, um, and again, I absolutely how, love how, okay, I love the juxtaposition of what the subject matter is, which is these are haunted items that are like causing these poor families like torment. And I love how reality TV it is at the same time. We're like, it's so like scripted and staged. And, and, and again, it's, I, I look at these things as entertainment and also as an artistic interest. Mm-hmm. I, could some of these things really be cursed? I believe so. You know, there's oh, a yeah. chance. But it's the weird juxtaposition of it that was just amazing, especially because when he talks, he just doesn't sound like the type of person that that would be his, like, area of expertise. No. Because he's on so Long Island, and I just, I, I, I just, I appreciate the man. I, I just appreciate the man so much. No, I, I was just like, oh, I wonder if he remembers. I had to bring it up just to tease you a little bit. Oh, I don't mind the teasing. Um, no, but I, I really enjoyed this interview, and uh, uh, it makes me now want to go out and become the uh, like an expert in something. Like, actually sit down, look over my notes, and uh, return to your show as like and talk an hour about something. Yes. Into... Yeah. Yes, 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 please. I mean, even if, and I know we talked about it a little bit, but if you ever get a chance after this virus is gone to do Goblin Market again, let me know. Oh, of course, of course. We could totally record again from the Pine Barrens. Uh, I mean, if you're down for that, I, I, like, look, I I absolutely love what you're doing. I love this entire show. It's just, it's really a great time. You guys explore really, you know, amazing concepts and, uh, you know, um, and situations and, and it's just captivating to me. Um, and when you asked me to do this, I was completely humbled and really excited at the same time. Oh, you're making me a blushy. Okay. I'm going to turn it off now. Give me a second. All right. I got to hit the button because it's going to yell at me. Er, off, off, off. to everyone out there listening today and of course a big old thank you to the wonderful aristotle promagulius i can't stop saying it now egregory design you should really make sure to go check out his work it's absolutely wonderful you can find it at facebook.com slash egregory design If you like the podcast, please rate and review me on your favorite podcast apps. If you want to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon page. Please make sure to hop in the Facebook group and hang out, and that's about it. I will see you guys next week on my Haunted Life podcast. Bye!